We take Syracuse from the corrupt, the rich, the oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity, and we give it back to you, the orange man. Syracuse is yours. None shall interfere. Do as you please. Start by storming MetLife Stadium and free the oppressed. Step forward, those who would serve, for the TSEC army will be raised. Download the two Sorry Excuses podcast today, or be ripped from your decadent nests and cast out into the cold world that we know and endure. If you're keeping score at home, I'm Sanders. And I'm Liv. This is the 36th edition of Two Sorry Excuses, a post-Labor Day affair. Yep. How's your Labor Day, Livy? Uh, not too laborious, so that was good. No, You didn't churn out any law? No, I didn't churn out any law. I slept really late and then had another big nap again. <laughs> you know, I didn't do much. Ran to the grocery store, uh, ran to the store and bought a couple new shirts. Not much, you know, not, nothing, uh, nothing to write home about. It was kind of rainy, nasty, and humid yesterday, so there was no reason to be outside. It was gross here. I haven't turned my air condition on all summer long, literally. I haven't turned it on all summer really? long. It's been yeah. beautiful. And I haven't turned you- mine off all summer long. Oh, man. See, that was last summer. Uh, it was on the almost the entire month of July and half the month of August. It just gets really when it gets brutal here. It gets brutal. Yeah, I mean, you live in a constant state of you know summertime humidity and, and yes. you know heat and discomfort. Sweating when you get out of the shower. Yes, the constant discomfort of summer in New Orleans. When that hits Jersey, it you would think that it's the only place in the world there's humidity. You know, people oh, yeah, know. just bitch and complain about it, but it is it's it's pretty brutal when it when it gets here. That but, was like when I first moved to Boston, they were like, It's so humid <laughs> And they're like, It's a heat wave and I didn't even think it was that bad. Right. And for them it was terrible. Right. And of course, since it was Boston, it made it that much worse because everything's way worse when it happens to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, those oh. people are some martyrs up there. We um we we had one of those weekends really for the first time um this so it was just weekend. nasty and humid and everything. It was gross, and I had to partake in my least favorite activity in the world. Moving, moving, man. Oh, oh. I hate moving. And what makes it worse is like moving sucks, right? Yep. I moved into this house with the intention of never having to move again. <laughs> And that was only like a year and a half, two years yeah, ago two, now? two years ago. Two years yeah. ago. And like I had thought maybe someday 
we might upgrade or we might move. But at that point, we would be moving to a mansion because I got rich and I would hire movers or I would just buy new shit. Yep. Moving the old shit out wasn't part of the equation. Yeah. Um, What made matters even worse is that the first two days, I got to jump on moving like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday last week. I did the living room and the dining room, which consisted of literally two couches, a bookshelf, a dining room table. That was it. I wiped that out in about four hours, and I was like... This is it. This is easy. No problem. My biggest mistake was the next move was the kitchen. Ugh. Now, all the knickknacks and bullshit in there, huh? Especially if you've been married because that's what oh, you get. Yeah. I've got yep. I've got magic bullets. I've got yeah. kitchen aids. I've got ice cream makers. I've You're got like s- maker why the fuck do i need this a waffle maker seven different types well, of slotted spoons i mean you might laugh at the waffle maker but i actually was looking at waffle makers the other day because <laughs> i've decided that is a priority wherever i move is the <laughs> waffle maker oh funny i fucking love waffles but uh, <laughs> what kind of waffle maker do you have uh it's a it's a cheapo like one of um Ange has uh has like a great aunt who, um, you know, is is relatively young, so she's uh, involved in family functions and stuff. Typically, when you have a great aunt, a great aunt, you know, especially when you're like in your late thirties or forties, great aunts are like in their eighties or nineties. You know, yeah, my great great aunts and great uncles were extinguished by the early two thousands. Right, and if you get something from them, maybe it's a couple quarters taped yeah. inside of a card or you know yeah. but um she is the either half sister or stepsister of her grandfather and she was considerably younger so right now she's probably only in her 50s or so damn that's really young for a great aunt yeah. a 30 yep. year old person absolutely yeah. um so every christmas she would She'd get, you know, a pretty cool gift. Sometimes it was maybe like a margarita shaker or, um, in this case, it was a waffle iron. So it was probably from like Target or Walmart or, you know, a couple bucks because she would get one for, for us and then one for her, uh, for Angie's brother. But, um, one, it was always the thought that counted, but the gifts were typically cool. If, yeah. if not particularly high quality, they were, you know they were usable, um, so it wasn't any wasn't anything special. But I've definitely made waffles more than one okay. occasion. So, well, I mean, the key question is: it a round or square? Round. Does it flip? Yes. Okay, that's what I was looking at. That's so, why I mean, the round flip one. And then when I was at that wedding back in June, part of the the hotel's um, complimentary breakfast was to make your own waffle station. That's what they had. I was like, yep, I definitely need one of these. Um, I've thrown a couple like St. Paddy's Day parties where that's the accoutrement. I'll make waffles and then there's all kinds of crap um, that you can throw on them. So I've definitely got use out of them and I would recommend it. But when you're you're trying to move yourself – under strenuous circumstances, the last thing you want to do is account for all your knickknacks, you know? Yeah. So I got them all packed up, put them in my basement, but at the same time, the guy who was moving in... So you were taking all that stuff from the kitchen and put it in the, in the basement? In the basement, the yeah. 
Okay. So that was kind of a pain in the ass, but I've moved so much in my life, I've realized the value of packing correctly. So, yeah. You know, first time I ever moved, I probably bought 10 extra large boxes and just put everything in 10 extra large boxes, and they weighed 500 pounds and they were miserable to carry. Yeah. So now I put I put books in the small box and I put, you know, plates in the small box and like I really managed the move really well. But I was doing it out of on my uh, by myself, partly out of spite and partly out of necessity. Um, you know, it's kind of demeaning to or 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 demoralizing, you know, to be packing up and moving out of the house. Um, so I wanted to to kind of wallow in my own mire. But who helped you with the couches and stuff? My brothers came over. All right. Did so, you put that stuff in the basement as well? Nope. That wouldn't fit. We I got a storage unit. That was the easiest okay. part of the move. Yeah. Because um, they went right out the front door into the truck to the to the unit. We locked it up. Boom. We were golden. We were in and out in like three hours and we moved a bunch of crap. Oh, nice. The household contents really sucked because as I'm trying to pack and move stuff out, the guy who rented the house is moving stuff in because I told him he could, you know, he could start bringing stuff over. So it felt like I was never making progress. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the guy's nice. He's like a, a 60-year-old dude. He got divorced a bunch of years ago. He's from a real, real ritzy town, Rumson. We've talked about Rumson yeah. before. Bon Jovi's yeah. from Rumson. And he's paying you, like, uh, he's covering your mortgage. He's covering my mortgage. It couldn't be a better situation for me financially. I'm like, this is perfect. Um, but I can't quite figure the dude out. He's... He's a little strange, super friendly, likes to gossip a little bit, a little feminine, but, you know, he was married for 25 years. I just, I can't gauge him. Well, he is subletting to two younger dudes, and I couldn't, couldn't place these guys either. Um, But apparently he had um, waited, the older dude had waited tables as like a part-time job after he got divorced and he met these guys in the restaurant scene. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. All right. So he loves his booze, you know, loves to have a couple glasses of wine. Every time he comes over, he comes over with a, with a water bottle and a full of water and a water bottle full of Chardonnay. (laughs) So, you know, he's packing and, and that's fine. But yet last night, um, so I'm particularly close with my neighbors who are, um, who are pretty cool. And, when we had originally moved in, both sets of neighbors came up to us and were like, well, thank God you guys moved in. We were really worried that we were going to get some, you know, trashy transients or, you know, um, or, or undesirables to move in. But thank God. And you guys are awesome. So they treated us really well. And they and now they're probably like, fuck, you're a, out of here in less than two years. A little bit. A little bit. And Are they? They they were they were like oh man that sucks but they understood the circumstance yeah um, well one of the guys uh, one of my neighbors um, is a married gay couple um, who is one of the the dudes is in the village people did I ever tell you this no yeah so um, wait he's an actual village people he, he's guy? A, he's an actual village people guy he is the um, actual village person yes he is the um, he's the construction worker. So oh, he has the mustache and everything. Um, I, you know what? I don't know what he does because he doesn't have a mustache normally. 
Um, but he, he did the construction worker had a mustache, right? Um, that's a good question. In my memory, I thought he did. Let's see. Let's see. The construction worker did. He did. Yeah. Bill, I think his name is... He usually had sunglasses, too, I think, right? Yep, yep. yep. Bill, I think Bill Hoder um, was his name. He was, he was like, one of the more famous guys. Yeah. Uh, his name Bill, Bill D- Hoder. Dave Hodo. Dave Hoda was the original construction worker. He did have a mustache. Now, the, the village people have... It, it was a revolving door of participants. Is it like Blue Man Group or something? Almost. Almost. I think there's probably been about eight or so past members. Some of those are original. When um, I remember about... This was a long time ago. It was when one of the original village people died. And this guy, he was he was a black guy. I forget what role he played, but he was he was straight, and he was kicked out of the band, out of the group because they became synonymous with gay culture. Okay, that, that's funny because I was talking to the husband of the new construction worker, and yeah. he said that um, when he goes, so they get booked like almost like. Um, they're almost exclusively a weekend act. They don't tour, but every, they have to be on call 50 weeks out of the year. So okay. so they'll book whatever, whoever their management is, will book them, you know, for a week in, um, a week in Austria. And they'll do the Austrian American Idol or the Austrian Idol. The Austrian American Idol. <laughs> then, then they'll spend like, uh, then they'll come home, you know, and then go off to, you know, South America or whatever. So they don't have a set tour, but they're always being booked, like on a revolving I basis. Come back to that idea of Austrian Idol later on. All right. Go on. All right. So, um, so anyway, they, um, they've. The the husbands um, have been out together as a part of the village people, and um, the dude, the husband of the of the village of the construction worker, was like, "Yeah, listen, I went over and I, you know, I went to give him a hug or hold his hand or you know, like put my hand on his knee at dinner." And the other village people were like, "No, no, you can't do that. Don't. We're not all gay, so we can't have." that associated with us any more than it's already associated with us so wait, that these are the yeah wait, where were they when this happened out to dinner on tour somewhere that's weird yeah i mean it's weird in light of what i heard about this guy right you know but that's talking about the peak of their fame you know in the 70s i guess it was better to be gay yeah so i guess now they uh, you know, they appeal to such a, uh, you know, yeah, a wide like audience. Say, it has to be revolving cast of guys if they got guys who are saying they're not all gay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, the, the point of the story is that these guys um, are, you know, particularly nice and particularly involved in our neighborhood. Uh, they've, they moved in back when it was like a crack den and they've refurnished, uh, they've refurbished this house. So they send me this picture from their, um, from their bedroom, which is like two floors above my main floor. 
And it's a picture of, of a window with a dude passed out on the floor of of the window. Uh, you know, yeah. almost perfectly framed. And the message is, this is one of your tenants passed out on the kitchen floor with the back door wide open. This is concerning us. This is what I get at 1 o'clock in the morning. When this I, is a text message? This is a text message. Yeah. On my first night out of the house as a landlord... I wake up at one o'clock in the morning and I check my messages and that's what I get. And I'm like, are you shitting me? This is, I've got 364 more days of this one. It's annoying that, you know, that the dude passes out on the kitchen floor and leaves the back door wide open. But it's, it, it's also annoying that I'm going to have to field these reports. Yeah. And you know, deal with the nosy neighbors every so often, and 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 like I like the fact that they're looking out. Uh, that's cool, but also I know that there's a tinge of, ugh, I can't believe Matt rented to these guys, you know. Yeah. So I text the the guy who. Um, I te- if they only knew the half of it about you, <laughs> you drunkenly well, okay. walking around house with. With nothing on but a t-shirt. You know? So that's it. I don't want to be hypocritical. But at the same yeah. time, close the door. You know? Like, that's what that... I'm yeah. trying to be like... I'm trying to be like, uh, you know, cut cut down the middle. So I texted... Did you say something to those guys? Well, I texted the dude at 1 o'clock in the morning. The older guy. So the kid... The guy who was passed out was one of these younger guys that he's subletting to. And I'm like, hey... Uh, Hey, Rick, sorry to bother you, but uh, I just got a text from the neighbors that someone has passed out on the flo- on the kitchen floor and the back door is wide open. I just want to make sure everything is okay. So I get a text back from him at 7 o'clock this morning that says, All good. We were playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> playing a game. Uh, nice. uh, what, so what game could they possibly have been playing? Shit. I, I have no idea. I don't know, the Ray Rice game? (laughs) So clearly I know this kid is passed out drunk. Now, what they don't know is I've done background checks on them. And this kid came up with what I'm assuming is uh, a pretty sizable substance abuse problem. He's got a couple DUIs under his name. But then again, you know, but for the grace of God, I could have a couple DUIs under my name. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I don't want to pass judgment. The guy... He's not uh, the kid's not on the lease. Um, yeah, he's subletting from the other guy. The other the other guy Rick's responsible for it. So whatever, it's all cool. So I text him again when I wake up, and I said, "Well, okay, you know, the neighbors were just concerned. You know, they the back door was open, and they'd seen somebody on the floor for a while. They're not nosy neighbors, but from afar, it seemed like something was wrong. So I'm kind of laying it out to say." Okay, I kind of I know you're bullshitting me. I don't know what kind of game you're playing, but just cl- basically close the door. So this is the message I get back from him. Uh, we were playing Clue, and I didn't realize Paul actually went to sleep. <laughs> oh, they were playing Clue. So he was supposed to be a murdered. I guess he was supposed to be a murdered guy in the kitchen. The mur- the person that gets killed in Clue. Yes. So now I've gone from thinking, all right. You guys are are trying to pull one over on me. You know, I'm not going to have any of that. To now thinking, 
wow, you guys could be the lamest guys I have ever met. What (laughs) 60-year-old guy is playing Clue with a couple 20-year-old kids and one of them gets so drunk that he, during the game that he passes out on the kitchen on well, the kitchen floor. Well, I'm late night clue. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get a voicemail uh, early. So I'm like, I don't even want to deal with this shit. I got way too much going on. I got to take care of a hundred other things today. So I'm out running around and I get a voicemail and it's from Rick. And he gives me this heartfelt, overly dramatic apology about they did a little investigation, him and the other guy did a little investigation and found that this dude who passed out uh, discovered a bottle of vodka in my basement <laughs> that I had that I had stored. And um, apparently, He's on, he's either in recovery or he's on you know some type of program, and um, he stayed in the basement and drank a bottle of oh, vodka. He's supposed to drink it all. Yeah, I don't, yeah, relapse, basically. It, exactly, exactly. So, um, so that's that. So now I got to go over there because I put a bunch of bottles in the basement, storing them. All your booze. Thinking it would be no issue, but all of a sudden I got Betty Ford. Stumbling around my house on the first yeah. day of me being a super landlord, so um, that was my that was my Labor Day, capped off by the fact that I've moved back in to forty eight East Pleasant Grove Road, uh, and I am now roommates with Phil and Ellie DeSantis, who were my roommates for the first uh, eighteen years of my life. Yeah, your roomies, and I'm back. Uh, I'm not back in my original room. I'm not back in my original room. That room has been um, commandeered, and for some reason, it's it's when my sister comes home, her and her husband stay in that room. That's, so what happened to her room? That's the room. Her room is now um, the cat's room. The cat's room. This is where, nice. the, this is where the cat lives. And um, I've been jettisoned to the front bedroom where my brothers lived when they grew up here. Um, and uh, it's hot as hell because it's next to the attic. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, so it's taking a little bit of adjustment, but, um, you know, I'm 24 hours in. And, and then what's after that? You grabbing a guitar and going on the road with, uh, <laughs> with Drew? <laughs> oh, man. That's that's probably what's next. That's probably what's next. So uh, that's how I spent my Labor Day, and uh, I am glad that it's over, man. Well, it sounds really awful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the upside is that um, I'm going to uh, record a few uh, Amazon.com commercials um, while I'm here because uh, my first assignment is to babysit my nieces and nephew tomorrow because oh, nice. uh, I guess my mom's got an appointment and my dad's going to be um, away on work. And Whose kids are these, Jeremy jo- or Josh? These are Josh's kids. Josh's so I kids. guess they come over every Wednesday and they haven't started school yet. So they're going to be here and they are going to be jacked up. How old are they? Six and When do they start school? Four. To, they start on Thursday. That's such a weird day to start. Yes, yeah, it really is. 
It really is. I, I mean, the early Memorial Day, or the early Labor Day, yeah. I guess, kind of screwed things up. But um, yeah, you're right. Some schools went back today. Down here, they start, you know, a couple weeks before. Yeah, I mean, which it's makes sense. It's so damn hot during the summer. They want to get you out of there earlier and have you at the end of the year well into June, you yep. know? Yep, yep, totally. So I'm going to be babysitting, and I'm going to try to get them to record some Amazon.com commercials for us. Nice. Um, we'll see how that goes. They're pretty, um, they're pretty rambunctious kids until you need them to be rambunctious. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like wallflowers. They all become camera shy. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that Kids goes. Kids like to do that shit to you. We'll see how that goes. But why Jackie Gleason didn't like working with him. <laughs> I know you hey. don't like working with him. I'm sure it had something to do with it. Uh, um, speaking of child actors, did you ever see the um, – I got in a YouTube um, continuum the other day. I went down the rabbit hole and I watched the entire um, Robert Blake yeah. Interview with Piers Morgan. Yeah, you ever see that? No, I've never watched that. That but is yes, must. Robert Blake is a famous child actor. That is must see TV, man. You got to watch it's that. The Little Rascals, wasn't he, he? He was in the Little Rascals, and he was Beretta. Yeah, um, yeah, he's Beretta, but like that's. And then he, and then he murdered that broad. Yeah, yeah, he killed his wife. Um, it's it's hysterical, man. You got to watch it. It's really funny. It's really mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> So check that out when you get a chance. But yeah, I'll have to do that. <laughs> um, other than that, we got some uh, we got some stuff this week. Um, we got a football game on Friday, which was an oh. absolute disaster. Yeah, thank God for the punter, right? Oh my God, um, we got our first game. I, I made up a little game, which I thought would be uh, would be fun yeah, to play, and I want to I want to play that with you. Um, it's called Just for Funyun. Just for Funyun. Just for Funyun. And I know that you're a huge uh, fan of The Onion. Yes. You're, you're, you're one of the only people I know who reads that on a semi-regular basis. So this, this actually might be tough to trick you, but um, what is I... It, is it real or an Onion article? Is that what we're playing ba- Basically. Basically. It's a popular game on Sporkle. Oh, interesting. I didn't make it up. I didn't invent it. <laughs> but do they have a cool name for it? Like just for fun? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I played it on Sporkle before. You know, a version, you know, a one-off game where these real headlines are from the Onion. Um, funny thing is, speaking of the Onion, they have a new thing called Clickhole. I highly suggest you go. I have I've only seen a few of them, but it's making fun. Of like, you know, you go on Facebook, you see all this BuzzFeed stuff and all this. Uh, all these real uplifting videos. Yeah. I had one today I watched, and it just got my ass cracking up. Because um, I don't know if you've seen these things where it's like, Loyal Dog has been at Owner's Cemetery every day since he died or something, or a graveyard, grave marker, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one today, you know, I click on it. Loyal Dog... <laughs> Loyal Dog has been at owner's uh, owner's tombstone licking peanut butter off every day. <laughs> what's it, it what's the, the site? Like, what's it? What's it called? Clickhole. C-L-I-C-K-H-O-L-E. You know, and all it is, is it's all mocking all those type of BuzzFeed, listicle type of uplifting things, you know? 
So it's a iconic. Cause I'm like, what's this? It's just a video, like a 30 second video of a dog licking peanut butter off this headstone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's by the onion. Yeah. It's the onion. that started, but they'll have all this, um, like they have all this ridiculous. They had one last week. I think it was, it was, uh, 10 crazy predictions made by Adam Sandler that became true. <laughs> and it's a reference in all this crap from all the ridiculous Adam Sandler movies, you know, that tied to real world events, which of course did not happen at all in any of the Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> <laughs> find, <laughs> find out what those type of listicles, you know, uh, you know, 10 ways the Simpsons are more real are more accurate about real life than anything or some BS, you know? Find out what Blake Shelton, Reese Witherspoon, and Robin Wright have to say. I don't give high fives for anything less than a spare. Blake Shelton on bowling. <laughs> <laughs> you looking at click hole? Yeah. It's one yeah. of the stu- it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Reese Witherspoon on her own name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's freaking ridiculous, man. Like it's it's hilarious, you know. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> Other than knowing every possible detail about their personal lives, we need to respect celebrities' privacy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty fun, man. It's it's just hey, just read it. It's just. Like, they, they were doing all this stuff like, who wore it better, the military or the police, you know? <laughs> and they'd gone through, oh, camouflage, oh, you know, but we think the military pulled this off better, you know? They were really hitting it with all that crap after the uh, all that Ferguson stuff was gone down. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so you want to give, uh, you wanna sure, give my, my game a little whirl? All right, so I've got three stories for you. I'm going to read you the um, I'm going to read you the headlines of each. You have to eliminate one just based on the headline. All right. All right. Then of the remaining two, I'll read you a snippet of the story. Fair enough. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. So it's basically a two-round game. It's a two-round game, exactly. All right. Just for Funyun, episode one. All right, story number one. Headline number one. Campus tour guide reminds students at each stop they have to get in first. Okay. All right. And only one is the Onion article, right? No, no. Only one is the real article. Okay. Um, Article number two. Pilot killed during flyover to honor crash victim. All right. Okay. And article number three, leaving dorm room door open to play large role in freshman's social strategy. Okay. All right. Uh, you got to eliminate one of those. As, okay. The first one, the campus tour guide. Uh, the campus tour guide. Correct. That is an onion story. Yes. Yes. Um, campus tour guide reminds students at each stop they have to get in first. I thought this was funny. 
Medford, Massachusetts, leading a group of nearly two dozen high school juniors and seniors to various points of interest around campus, Tufts University tour guide Michelle Davis reportedly took the time while describing every location Thursday to remind tour members that first off, they have to be admitted. Next up is Tisch Library, which houses over 700,000 books and which has a rooftop patio where you can study, read, or just enjoy the great view, provided you get into the university, of course. Which I thought was funny because I can actually see a Tuft student or a Bo- any any Boston-based university tour guide giving that yeah. speech, you know, because they're so damn uppity. Uh, my yeah, sister, my sister was actually just up in Boston, um, which she had a BP sighting. Um, but she wanted to go for, walk through the woods like Bigfoot. Well, she wanted to go for her run. And she wanted. She was staying in the theater district, and she wanted to know if it was safe enough, you know, for her to run. Basically, it's can she run around Boston Common? So I was like, yeah, that's totally safe. And she's, yeah. you know, took a little run. Um, Boston, as far as a guy from New Orleans goes, even the worst part of Boston's safe to walk around. In. <laughs> <laughs> so she ended up going over to. Um, she ended up going over to the poorhouse, but BP was in a manager's meeting for like four hours. So she sat there and waited wow. for him to get out. But by the time he got out, she had to go. So he liter- she only literally had time to say hello. Um, and then she took off. But he sent me a message. So we're, in- we're still intact. We're still intact. The people we send to see BP say hi to BP. Yeah, the people you send to CBP. <laughs> the people I send to CBP are worthless. <laughs> I think they all think I'm full of shit, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, you are, but not in that particular case. <laughs> in that case, I'm telling the truth. All right. Okay, so back to the fun. Just for funion. Yeah. Um Okay, so now I'm going to read you uh, a brief snippet from the... Um, from the uh, from the article, so this is the uh, this is the first article. Um, pilot killed during flyover to honor crash victim. Three people were killed when a Libyan fighter jet crashed and exploded during an event to honor a pilot killed in another jet crash last week. Nine people were also issued when the operation uh, when the Operation Dignity warplane came down on a neighborhood on Tuesday. Uh, Reuters reports. All right. Yep. All right. Article number two. Leaving the dorm room open to play a large role in freshman social strategy. Anticipating that it will serve as a springboard for the formation of new friendships, DePaul University freshman Andrew Russett said Tuesday that leaving his his dorm room open will be a central component of his social strategy. Russett 18 told reporters that a door left casually ajar will be a clear sign to other students on his floor that the room's occupant is both welcoming and easygoing. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. Which is funny because unless you're living by yourself for the first time, you might not even realize that. Yep. Reminds me of the famous Shaggy. Shaggy. Uh, <laughs> this is college. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Sitting there smoking his joint with the door <laughs> propped wide open. <laughs> Did you live in the same dorm as him? I remember that no, story. No, no, it was. They lived up on the mount, like in day or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But I, I believe that was a Alfredo story. <laughs> this is college. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, that is definitely the Onion story. That is definitely the Onion story. So the true story is that a pilot killed during a floor, flyover to honor a crash victim. Um, I don't know. Oh, Libya. I took yeah, you know Libya. what gives that away is being the real story. What's that? That it was Libya. Oh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I When I got to the second paragraph, I left out the neighborhood name. It was Tobruk. So I thought that that would give it away, but I forgot in the first uh, paragraph it does say Libyan. Yeah. Damn it. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, sharpen my skills yeah. next time. <laughs> or at least spend a little more time prepping the prepping the game and i'll try not to read onion so much anymore (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't even read it that much anymore but i follow him on like twitter and facebook so i see the headlines occasionally you know oh they send a post through yeah i just don't have the luxury of reading the stories constantly because uh because they do so much more stuff than they did even like 15 years ago that I'd constantly be reading it. Right, right. It is a funny site. Yeah, I love it. It does make me laugh every time. Yep. Um, so, speaking of Crash and Burn, you want to talk a little football game or no? Yeah, we can talk about the football game. It's been a while yeah. since we talked about Syracuse athletics in any proper... Yeah, we don't proper- need to go into detail about it because... Apparently, no one wants to hear that. No, and I'll tell you what they—they apparently uh, enjoy our uh, witty or witty wit wittiless. Is that a word? Witticisms. Our witticisms, um, because our August numbers were over five hundred and fifty downloads for the month. Five hundred fifty plus five hundred fifty-one downloads for the month of August. And we didn't even get, and we missed an episode in August. Yeah. Just kind of the way the calendar falls. Um, yep. So we ended up putting out, um, we ended up putting out four episodes in August, but we had a whole week of August where we didn't put anything out. And we still, uh, we still had our all time. People really like the uh, talk about uh, prices, right rules. I, I guess so. I guess so. Although, um, in the Navy is still by far our most popular episode. We've got 382 downloads. Is that the one when we were talking about my, my dad? Yeah, that's your dad's 4th of July uh, oh, God. trip. Well, which... my dad and I are going to a football game Saturday, so <laughs> maybe we got another killer episode in us. What, uh, were you going to Tulane game? Yeah, they're opening their new little on-campus stadium, and I got... I got season tickets for it, you know. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, it's like a 30,000-seat stadium. It's not going to be big, but people will actually come to a 30,000-seat stadium as opposed to coming to when they played in the Dome when they'd only get like 5,000 people. Yeah, right. You know, there's no urge to go see a team that loses often in a stadium where you could always get tickets. Do they, um, they still play in Conference USA? They're in the American Athletic Conference now. Oh, the old UConn. Big East. Yes. Okay. The one with UConn and Cincinnati and whatnot. South you know, Florida. Simple, 
Yeah, Temple. SMU, Houston, Tulsa, Navy, I think, is in that conference now. Uh, well, Temple, Cincinnati, UConn. Uh, I, I can't think of everybody else. I think there's like 11. East Carolina. You know, it's the one step down from the Power Six, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got left out, right? Yeah, that's the goal to be... To be uh, to be in position. So, well, whatever they're playing Georgia Tech this weekend, open the stadium, which is actually kind of cool because Tulane and Georgia Tech used to be in the SEC together. They're kind of ancient rivals. Oh, all right, so cool. Appropriate that they're playing them to open the stadium. And it's a um, it's an open air stadium outdoor. Yeah, yeah, which is gonna suck because it'll probably be hot. Right. You know, I'm not prepared for all that. I do have a couple of disposable ponchos in the car, which I had for another reason, which I'll make sure to bring with me because now this is a problem. It used to be, you know, you just go to the game and you're in the dome. You don't have to worry about anything. Right. Is just it bring a coat because if the Saints game was the next day, they'd be jacking the AC already. Oh, right. You know how old it needs to be to be comfortable for 77,000 people. <laughs> Very cold when only 5,000 people are in the stadium. <laughs> Where uh, what kind of seats you got? Uh, they're 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 on the uh, they're like midfield. Wow, look know. at you, big yeah. spender. I mean, I was supposed to be a little bit over, and then they called me they're like, "We can upgrade you." You know, I was like, "All right, sure." How many um, um how many rows but it's up? It's on the cheaper side. I don't have seat backs. Ah, uh, but you can. Of course, I got. You know, I gave them a little money to provide me a seat back during the season. You know, right, right, like a stadium seat, but like. The thing was, the big donors that are on the other side of the stadium, the people are giving thousands of dollars per person, like the the big timer two lane donors. They all their seats are actual stadium seats, you know. Okay. You know, so the other side, it's more like, uh, you know, the carrier dome, I guess, where they just have the benches, you know. So what are you in? You you must be in like premium West One. Yeah, whatever. It was section one twenty one. I love how you're looking at the stadium. <laughs> it's they're pretty good seats. I was supposed to be one section over because I did give a little money because I was like, screw it. I want to go to the games. Now, I used to like going to the games as a kid, and I want to see them win. I understand the reality is you need to donate a little money. I donated just enough to get one section over. Then they called me and they're like, you don't have to give any more money. We just want, you know, because I guess they hadn't sold all the seats in the in the section I was in, which took more money, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took a donation to get into. And they're like, but we have two seats open if you want to upgrade to those in the same row. And I was like, I was like, yeah, of course, if it's going to put me right on the 50-yard line, you know? That's pretty sweet. It's a good stadium. Looks like it'll be yeah, fun. it's a nice little stadium. No, it'd be It'll be nice for them to be in an environment, um, which I like where it's actually a full stadium and people have gone nuts. And I did not know this. The game is sold out this weekend, which, I mean, think what you want, oh, 30,000 seats. That, why should that be a big deal? But it is a big deal for Tulane, who had, like, no fan base anymore. Right. But the last time they had an official sellout home game, it was the only game I ever the only one of this rivalry game I ever made it to was 1987 Tulane versus LSU in the Dome. 
and it was Mac Brown's last game he coached. No, not the last game he coached because he coached the bowl game that they went to that season. But he had already taken the North Carolina job when the bowl game came around. But Mac Brown, I think it was maybe his third year there. You know, and he got Tulane to six and five, and they played LSU, who was really good back then. And they lost, like, at the end of the game. It was like 41 to 36 or something. It was a big shootout. You know, and it was when the game used to mean something. But uh, so it's based, what is that, 1987? So 27 years between sellout games. So. Well, I got a couple things for you. Um, number one, are the Glazers of the Glazer Glazers? Um, there's the... Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers family? Yes. Yes, they are. Jill and Avram Glazer. Yeah, that, that's the... Malcolm Glazer, I think his name was, the old guy? The, the father was Malcolm. Yeah. yeah. His kids, I think maybe two of them even, I think went to Tulane. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that so they worked that to get the uh, to get that money, and um, the state Benson. It's Benson Field, which is the guy that owns the Saints, who's not affiliated with Tulane any matter, other than the fact that he's from New Orleans, right? Uh, but I think he realizes, you know, he needs to get into heaven, so he's been giving away all kinds of money now. <laughs> They unveiled a statue of him today uh, at the uh, Superdome. Uh, um, but uh, with it, let me. But the Yulman, I'm trying to think. They, they're the name family uh, for the stadium. I'm trying to think what they. They are like the big wigs, Serta. That's what it is. I was trying to think what mattress company it was. Okay. They're the sort of mattress people. Got it. You know, and they're Tulane people. All right. So, yeah. I guess if it was Harvard, it'd be a lot easier to recruit these people. They really got to mine them at a school like Tulane. <laughs> I actually went to law school with uh, one of the Glazer's wives. Okay. Uh, Sherry Glazer. I don't know what. She runs one of their foundations now, but um, nice enough chick. Yeah. Um, oh, here's the other thing you should do. You knowing me, or you should be knowing me, um, it looks like you can sell your tickets for tomorrow's game. What row are you in? You talking about the football game? Yeah. The football, game? Yeah, Tulane. I'm game. in row M. Hey, row M. You looks like you can get at least $120 for your ticket for tomorrow. Saturday. Sa- I'm sorry. Uh, next Saturday, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all the weekend to me still. You want me to sell my ticket? You can sell your tickets for $120 a piece. Where's that on? Uh, Prime Sport. They looks like they're the official uh, all right. reseller of uh, Tulane Green Wave ticket exchange. Nice, man. 120 for a Tulane game? Come on, man. Yeah, but it's the first ever game at the new yeah, stadium. That's a, that's a pretty good price. Yeah. <laughs> You probably get back uh, at least half your ticket price, right? Yeah, but I'm not selling that ticket. I would. Yeah, you would. I also but, s- I also sold my ticket to go see Miami Syracuse. Yeah, see there you are. Hey, you're all uh, you're all muffled. What are you doing? 
Nothing now. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. What were you doing? Oh, you know what? I bet you I had my hand over the microphone or something. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Yeah, I don't even know where the microphone is on this thing, but I guess it must be near the top because that's where my <laughs> hand was just now. I was holding this thing. Yeah. Okay. Come on, get uh, get with the program, man. We have 550 people we need to please. Sorry, you're sitting here trying to get me to sell my tickets to this football game, you know? I'm kind of, you know, discombobulated right now. Well, you know what? If people would go to Amazon.com, go to Two Sorry Excuses, click on one of our articles, then click on the Amazon.com banner. Yeah, there Buy you something on Amazon.com, we wouldn't have to sell your tickets. <laughs> well, it's going to take a lot of people clicking on Amazon. I don't need to sell my tickets, brother. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, any debts that really matter to me in this world, <laughs> selling my tickets not going to do any good for that, man. <laughs> well, I am uh, – okay, I got a couple things. So We're talking about football. We're talking about tickets. I'm, I'm trying to get – um, some stars to align uh, so I can get to that Syracuse-Notre Dame game. I've given myself... Uh, what date is the, is the Notre Dame game? Is it the 13th? Mm, I'm looking it up right now. Is it 27th? Huh? 27th it must be. 13th we'll play in Central Michigan. Uh, you are correct. We play at Notre Dame on the 27th. Which is good. It's I got a I'm a I got a free weekend. Um, I got nothing going on, but I also can't justify going up to see that game right now. But I got a few things in the hopper. You can't justify it financially, financially. Or based on how we played the other day. Well, okay, now a little bit of both, but originally it's financially. Okay, um, and you know, kind of coordinating somebody to go with, like the whole deal. But um, I got a few things in the hopper, and if they break the right way, um, that might be that might be reason to to hit that up. Um, but given how we played on Friday, man, I don't know if it's going to be a particularly fun season. Because when we when the schedule came out, we kind of went down the list of of who they were going to play. I was skeptical that they were going to be an eight-win or a nine-win team. I thought that there were some questionable games in there. Yeah. And I remember you saying that Notre Dame shouldn't shouldn't be that hard. That should be a game that we can take. And while I would agree with you if it was a home game, the fact that it's on a neutral site, um, I watched Notre Dame. They didn't look particularly awesome this weekend. But, I mean, still they're a top 25 team, right? They ended up winning that game against Rice, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's Rice. They yeah. Did. So um, this is the way I look at it, though. Like when I watched the game the other night, what I think is like, oh man, it's going to be even worse this year against Florida State. At no point did I think, oh Notre Dame, because I still think Notre Dame's like yeah, mediocre. But that they're media, they're they're a top twenty-five team, yes, but they are in no way a top ten or top fifteen team. But on the other hand. A one double A single wing offense ran all over us. Like we couldn't, yeah. we couldn't stop them. Now that's what surprised me how they were run all over us. Um, Grant, they were the two thousand nine Division one double A national champions. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, we were terrible. No doubt about that. So, I was surprised as hell at that. I was surprised we had to pull out the fake, the fake field goal, the pass from the, from the punter. For the winning touchdown. How sad is that? That if you if you and I were watching that game together, I would have actually high fived you when they when they faked that field goal. Um, was it extra point? No, that was the that was the field goal. They faked the field goal to win. Yeah, because they were lining up for that field goal there in the um, second over in the overtime. Right, right, and I, then. Um, and then friggin' um, Villanova scored theirs, and they're like, they're like, ah, oh, screw it, we're gonna just try to win the game. So they went for two, and we stopped them. Right, right. The one time we stopped them. <laughs> well, I guess it was the time that counted. I actually fist pumped. I was laying in the dark on my couch, sweating my balls off, watching the game, and we had said that we were gonna, uh, we were gonna record the podcast after the game kind of yeah. have a you know a little like immediate reaction you know season opener um a little post-mortem but um I, that game took so much out of me man yeah i mean it took forever to play too it was just such oh it was brutal uh, it was frustrating it was how they what i did not understand was we get down to like the one yard line for it was two ot's right yes yes and we don't score touchdown like it was like, who thought of this plan where you line the quarterback up as shotgun, and the running back right next to him and run the ball in the goal line like that? Oh, that was completely inexplicable to me. Yeah, get the guy ahead of steam and have him coming at you. You know, no, like I don't know. There's a reason you don't see that done. Right, it doesn't work. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know we have this offensive coordinator who's basically, like, learning on the job. But they ran – how many plays did they run horizontally or backwards the other day? <laughs> Almost all of them. We yeah, had we, – we ran something like 50 to 60 plays. And it was pretty – it was pretty even. The, the, the run-to-pass ratio was almost one-to-one. But they were all sideways. Yeah, they would run, like – they would gain like seven yards on first down and then lose six on second down and it would be third and long. We had 130-something yards rushing maybe, uh, 136, and uh, what, 70 of them, 60 of them came on the um, Tyson Gully. Yeah, on that touchdown. Touchdown first, run. Second quarter or whatever. That yeah, was. so, I mean, we're, we're ineffective, you know? Like, that was just a grinder, dude. Yeah, it was miserable. And then, like, how they gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Oh. Uh, Special teams no and defense just didn't show up. So, Yeah, um, I mean, that one guy played really good, Cameron Lynch. But he was, like, the only one playing good. Uh, Terrell Hunt's a knucklehead. Terrell Hunt is, you know, when that guy took him down, yeah, he put a little extra English on it. But he punched him. I was like, oh, God. There's no way they missed that. No. You know? I don't know. Terrell Hunt's just lucky they didn't let that backup quarterback do more because that could have been his Wally Pitt moment had they done that. Yeah. Had they actually let that guy throw the ball and stuff, you know? A um, couple things uh, that I found interesting. 
Uh, Austin Wilson was the guy who came in. Yeah. Uh, wore number five. I can't remember a quarterback wearing number five. I think Perry Patterson wore number five. Uh, I must have missed that. I don't know if he did, but I thought somebody wore it since McNabb. Interesting. I must have not been paying attention. No, Perry Patterson looks like he wore 10. I think somebody must have worn it since. All right. Uh, and the other thing I noticed... I don't know if there's a way to investigate who wore the numbers. Maybe they got it in the uh, the Syracuse media guide. Yeah, they'll have a year-by-year breakdown. Um, and I'm th- I think the other thing that we can pretty much be sure of uh, is that we're not going to ever see the orange helmet, blue shirt, orange pant combination again. Yeah, well, we only have 74 more combinations. <laughs> I didn't mind the helmets, and I didn't mind the uniforms. I mean, at least they were orange. They were glossy, but at least they were orange. But I think that that monotone... That monotone uniform is the is the college uniform of choice for you know for at yeah. least the next couple of years for for most everybody because they all wear it you know yeah it's trendy so that's what we're gonna be wearing we're gonna be wearing you know monotone pant shirt combinations hopefully wear some orange helmets and you know get more than five wins this year if we can do that it'll be a success I mean I think we get I don't know. We may be better. Yeah, you're optimistic. I, I'm I'm a little less optimistic. Yeah, well, we start out kind of hardly in some of these other seasons. I mean, we almost, a couple years ago, it was at Stony Brook we struggled against. True. You know? True. We'll see what happens against Central Michigan. Well, I want to know is, okay, here's a story from May 2013 where... It was saying that Don McNabb's announced, this is a year and a half ago, that number five was going to be retired on November 2nd, which would have been last season. Then didn't he get in that, uh, didn't he get in some trouble? Didn't he have like a a DUI or some domestic violence or... He had that DUI, but that came out later on, like when they tried to sweep... That came out, where was that? That was just a few months ago that happened where it came out. Yeah, but didn't it happen a while ago? Yeah, it did happen a while ago, but I don't, I don't know whatever happened that. Of course, here they talk about all the people that wore number five. With all due respect to Marvin Graves, also a terrific number five. Tom McPherson, even just the part, Ryan Nassib. McDev is the name that stands out the most at the quarterback position in Syracuse history. All right, but did they ever, hmm. I don't know. Did they actually retire his number? You know? That's the question. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously not. Somebody's wearing it. Yeah, I mean, was that guy on the team last year, though? What year is he? Sophomore. You know, my, it could possibly be one of those cases where they'll let him wear it out to the, until he, you know, since he already had it. Interesting. All right, fair enough. Let me see. Somebody else has. I mean, I think someone else has had the weird sense, but let's. I'm looking to Wikipedia. I think they have retired numbers on here somewhere. Hmm. This is this is when the show gets exciting when it breaks in <laughs> down to internet research. Here we go. I got retired numbers. Uh, number forty-four. 
That's yeah, it. it looked stupid that they retired that. That's it. Oh, here we go. Retired numbers. That's list. That's the only number they have listed on the Wikipedia page. Uh, he Don McNabb is not in the Syracuse Orange Hall of Fame. <sighs> Which, I mean, I think he should be. What's that? He, I think he should be. What? Not in the. He's no. not in the Syracuse he, Hall of Fame. He's not in the Syracuse Hall of Fame. Which I think he should be. Well, I mean, I can't believe he's not. But they just inducted Art Monk in 2012, so I don't. Th- with the Syracuse Hall of Fame, that takes 30 years to get around to inducting somebody. <laughs> Larry Zonka didn't go until '89. Ernie Ernie Davis didn't get in until 1979. I like how guys get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame before they get in the Syracuse Hall of Fame. Took Jim Brown. Larry Zonka had been in the NFL Hall of Fame for a decade. Or probably at least five years in 1989. It took Jim Brown 40 years to get into the Syracuse Hall of Fame. God, I, think that's, I don't know what the fuck you need to do to get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're exactly Notre Dame or something, you know? Oh, oh funny. funny. Oh. All right, so I'm not putting too much stock in there. But there goes my disclaimer that I was going to tell the, the faithful uh, TSEC Army that um, we've got a new approach to breaking down Syracuse athletics. Um, you know, it's going to be a very light, casual conversation that almost any any listener can follow. But here we are dissecting the the ins and outs of the number five and whether or not uh, Syracuse Hall of Fame should include Donovan McNabb. Yeah, I mean. I don't think it's really much of an argument. It should, you know. So, so that's it. We got Central Michigan next week. I mean, uh, on the thirteenth, we get a week off, which I always find odd to open the season and take a and and, and to have a bye week. Yeah, right away. Yeah. Well, but, I, mean, I guess they knew it was going to be a slug, a knockdown, drag out fight against. Uh, Against the Wildcats from Nova, <laughs> we handled them easier in basketball than we do in football. <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, absolutely not. No sense. Um. All right. So enough yeah, about yeah. enough about that. What else you got for me? Uh, I went to see um, David Spade do stand up this weekend. Oh my God, David Spade. Stand up is one of the yeah. funniest stand ups I've ever seen. The only problem is it was basically the whole routine that he did in that most recent one that was released on Comedy Central. Okay, I haven't seen it, so um, I've yeah, it came out like probably in late May, early June. All right, and it was really funny, but I still did crack my ass up at it. And earlier in the day, he was playing at a casino over in Mississippi, you know, like an hour and a half from here, right. And I was sitting around the house early in the day, and I was going through the guide, and Comedy Central was showing that, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch this right now. I want to <laughs> be as, I want it to be as fresh in my mind as possible. You know, like, that. I don't want to, I don't want to have any memory of this, even though I was going to remember it anyway. Right. You know, so, yeah, he, he was pretty damn funny, because he's just getting back into the stand-up thing again. Okay. 
You know, he didn't... Um, I don't think he's done stand-up in quite some time. He was on um, Rules of Engagement or something, some sitcom yeah, for a while. It was canceled a couple of years ago. R.J. Anderson wore number five in the early 2000s. Ah, uh, yes, R.J. Anderson. I knew he had a, another quarterback that wore it. Um, all right. Uh, but funny thing was he had two guys open up for him. This guy, Bobby Ayamoto, I, I think his name might have been. Uh, I don't know. He had some Japanese name. Okay. You know, it's right. And then, he, and then you think, you know, all right, it's going to be one opener and they're going to move on. Well, and then he announces the next guy. And it's frigging Kevin Farley, one of Chris Farley's brothers. Oh, no way. Yeah, and it was pretty funny because, you know, I mean, this guy's been making his, you know, uh, they got another brother who acts too. Uh, what's his name? His name might be John Farley or whatever. But Kevin Farley's the one who looks more like Chris Farley, and he's about—he's maybe a year or two younger, I think, than him. Okay, he was in—he's the one who's been in a bunch of movies, right? Yeah, well, they've both been in a bunch of movies, but Kevin Farley looks a hell of a lot more like Chris Farley. Okay, you know, but um. They are, they're all, you know, all both of those guys, their patrons are like Adam Sandler and David Spade and whoever else was buddies with uh, with with Chris Farley, you know? Right, right. Like, if you look up their credits list, it's, they're on every TV show that David Spade's ever been involved with, <laughs> every movie Adam Sandler's ever produced. You know? They're a step below Rob Schneider. Dude, funny thing about that, tonight I'm watching TV... And I wasn't watching TV. TV was on while I was making my dinner. Yeah. And I hear, like, uh, Steve Arino, blah, 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 State Farm commercial. And I'm like, wait, I got to run that back. Are they just using that idea? Or is Rob Schneider actually in this commercial? Ran back. Rob Schneider is doing State Farm <laughs> commercials now. <laughs> He's doing Rich, the, uh, the office guy. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, would you quit dicking around with your microphone? Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're like hard. a petulant child over there. It's hard. I liked it better when you were on your old uh, Texas Instruments 684 or whatever it is you were. My Commodore 64. <laughs> we can go back to that motherfucker. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'll turn this car around. <laughs> Uh, all right so he kevin farley opened he was funny yeah yeah he was pretty funny you know um marcus sales who was wide receiver also wore number five all right (laughs) that's all i need to know multiple Uh, people have worn number five and we heard of them uh uh, yeah he was um he was pretty funny uh the weird thing uh you know, he tells some story about somebody told him the place we're staying at was haunted. But, you know, of course, it's all bullshit. Right. <laughs> I do like that about comic routines. They always got to act like everything just happened to them that day. <laughs> you know, oh, on the flight over here. You know, it's always like that. But, you know, that's the same joke that's told at every show, you know? Right, right. And he, he's talking about I talked to some guy who'd been down there, and he told him the hotel was... Was haunted. So then, of course, he went into 
you know, oh, and I saw this lady today, and she looked at me like, you know, oh, no, you're that guy thinking he was Chris Farley or something. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, all right. But, but, but I'm sure that didn't happen. R- right. I'm sure that did not happen Saturday. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> did you st- nice to think that it did. Did you stand up and yell bullshit? No, I, I did not stand up and yell bullshit. He was actually pretty funny for it. You know, he was talking about He's like, I'm not really a good actor. That's why I have to do this. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I used to have less of a... I used to think less of the Farley Brothers. Because they're like, look at, these sh- look at these chumps just trying to make fame off of their brother's name, you know? Right, right. But then, I, you know, I got home and I was reading his IMDb biography. I was talking about how he was working for his dad's company as a sales guy or something. And then Chris and then Chris encouraged him to get into the to come down to Chicago and and get involved with like the improv type of stuff. And I was like, ah, I'm not gonna hate on the guy if Chris Farley was the one that told him to do it, you know? Right, right. right. I was like, I can't hate on the guy. You know, I used to think it was like these guys, their brother died, and they're like, All right, we're gonna go into acting because there's gotta be some some way to make off of being Farley's brother. Right, we can fill some type of of role. Yeah. And they probably do all right, you know? I mean, there's enough crappy Adam Sandler movies and <laughs> David Spade TV shows and whatnot that keep these guys busy for a while, I guess. Yeah. And Chris Rock. They'll do Chris Rock stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, Chris Rock does... Chris Rock does stuff that, that is beneath him for like people like Adam Sandler. Yeah. You know, but um, the funny thing about seeing David Spade was he was even doing the same damn, even opened with the same damn joke that he's opening on on that Comedy Central special. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, and the thing was, it was easy to open on it because, you know, people allowed him to open on it. The only time he really got off and did something new was like when he was starting ranking on some people in the audience okay you know since it was at casino you know the front row is reserved for the high roller people right you know so he got off so like there was like six or seven seats that in the front row no one ever sat in he made a joke about early on well probably like 30 minutes 30 some minutes he only performed for like 50 minutes or so you know okay 30 something minutes into his act some woman comes walking in and sits in the front seat and he and he steered away from the the joke he was talking about, which I remember all from the the uh stand up I saw on TV and start, you know, gone into you know, he was messing with this woman about why she had just shown up, you know. And he started going off on another tangent about gambling and stuff, you know. So so at least it allowed him to do that, but you know, that's what sucks. These guys prepare material, and they go everywhere else to do it. Thing is, Comedy Central just should wait till after his tour to release the TV show. Yeah, right. I wonder why they don't. You know? I'm surprised they don't, like, he doesn't have some type of, like, rider in his contract that says, I got to do the tour first. Yeah, I mean, part of it, I think, might have been that he was using the TV show to promote the tour, you know? Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
that's what it probably was the the stand up act. Uh, he he came to Syracuse and did um, the Shine Student Center on, on the Goldstein Auditorium. The, uh, what's the one on on um, in the no right on campus, not on South Campus. Yeah, that's the gold. The Goldstein Auditorium's in the Shine Student Center. Okay, yeah, he did that, yeah. um, and I went. It was one of the first times I hung out with Jay Bailey. Uh, Jay Bailey oh, okay. and I went, um, so it was probably like my sophomore year, and I literally fell off my chair because I laughed so hard. It was so funny. But yeah. he, he, we ran into it Fagan's later that night, and he was a total douche. <laughs> he, was just a, he was just a total asshole. Yeah, I mean, you could see him being a smug little twerp. Yeah. Um, so who'd I- you go with? Uh, my sisters, they bought me the ticket as my birthday gift. Oh, cool. You know, so we went out there. And then we had one of these guys that was sitting next to us. You know, they always have these morons who think that they're going to get famous off of yelling shit to the <laughs> guy. I mean, I don't know what they think, but I don't know. You know, no matter how often they come over, like before the show, and are like, please don't yell shit at them. Please, no flash photography or videography. Of course, people are flashes are gone off, which is stupid because you're not going to get a picture anyway. You know, I can't believe people can't wrap their mind around that shit that the flash photo is not going to work from fucking a uh, hundred feet away from the guy in a in a studio set in a you know in a yeah, I follow you auditorium setting. You know, right. And you see these flashes going off. It's just kind of annoying. But this guy next to us, you know, he kept yelling, Joe Dirt! Joe <laughs> Dirt! You know, one of those morons. Oh, that's annoying. Did he... Right. Well, and then at one point later on in his show, he starts talking about, you know, he was talking about strippers or something, or Vegas or something. He's like, and you know where the women are hot? You know, he's leading a story, and this guy's like, Biloxi! And uh, <laughs> the same guy... <laughs> And Spade's like, no, ding dong, I'll get to that. But it is funny, he was ragging on people who were like getting up in the middle of the show, you know, to go to the bathroom or get another beer or something. Right, right. Uh, like, like, he was telling one of his stories, and this guy just gets up and starts walking out. He's like, he's like, all right, later. You know, he says to the guy, <laughs> you know, or like, fine, leave or whatever. You know, and the guy just keeps walking. He's like, you know, he's like, he's obviously indignant about that shit. He's like, what kind of asshole gets up in the middle of my act and walks out, you know? Right, right. And uh, and and then the guy came back in and he said some shit to him. You know, like he's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no one can get pissed at him. You know, it's just funny because he's just sitting there ranking on people left and right, you know? Like, every time someone would get up and walk, because it's not a huge place, you know? Right. <laughs> so it was a good time. You know, it's just, the problem was, it was that it was at a casino, because I fucking hate casinos. <laughs> like I've told you before, and it re it really reinforces why I don't like them. They are so depressing. Right, right. You know, you walk through there, and it's like all these advertising and marketing by the casino industry that makes it look like it's glamorous, full of beautiful people is the biggest bullshit in the world, man. Like, 
you know how they let you smoke everywhere and anywhere in a casino, right? Right. So I and now there's so few places you can just openly smoke now. So like when we we get in the park, we're in the parking garage and we go into little the the elevator area, you know, the lobby to get into the elevators, and it just reeks of cigarettes because people just they're cranking them right away, you know, and everybody's just so psyched they can smoke their cigarettes there. Like we had to go to my my sister's like, all right, well. You know, since y'all, one sister's like, since both of y'all have never been to the casino, you go get a card, they'll give you a free buffet. So we'll go eat the buffet, you know? So we're in line for that. Now a woman, she's at the counter getting doing whatever she has to do with her card, and she pulls out the cigarette while she's there. Like, to me, this is the rudest fucking thing in the world. Like, <laughs> while she's in the window dealing with the lady, she pulls a cigarette out and just start, lights it right there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, they uh, just don't care, man. Well, you'd be happy because uh, two Atlantic City casinos went out of business. Yeah, I saw I saw all about that, and I was reading about it from the New York Times the other day, too. One of them is a $2.4 billion hotel and casino complex that only opened two years ago. Yeah, I was, what's it called? Revel? Revel, that, yeah. Yeah, I was reading about that, how they spent all this money on that place. Three of them are closing though, totally right. Yeah, the tons of people are losing are losing their jobs. Yeah, they were saying on the news the other day, five thousand people are going to be without a job uh, as of today, basically. Yeah, which kind of sucks because it was Atlantic City's uh, six thousand total is what um, what they're they're expecting of the three casinos. Um, Atlantic City's always been kind of a dump, but yeah. it it was a dump that people went to yeah now there's so many uh you know indian casinos there's so many racinos yeah you know basically you can play slots almost anywhere well yeah that's the problem i mean they got casinos everywhere and then people keep one open the casinos and then you're reaching a point where what are you doing you're taking you're you're like yeah but we're we're making all this revenue yes off of the backs of the people that live in your state now. Right. You know, it's so, I I am a very libertarian guy. I have no problem with with gambling. Like I think it, it I think it should be allowed to be done unfettered. But I just think it's a ridiculous expansion and now that everybody has casinos it doesn't friggin' matter anymore. Everybody else all the casinos die. It used to be what, 1976, your option was Vegas, you know, and then it became Atlantic City. Right. You know, it's like now it doesn't matter. I mean, why Why would you drive three hours to go to go lose a thousand bucks in Atlantic City if you can drive 20 minutes to do it in Pennsylvania now? I agree. I it's agree. It's crazy. You know, and that, that really blows me away that somebody spent $2 billion opening that casino. Yeah, and it was backed by Christie. It was his pet project. Well, they were talking about one of its problems that had severe, like serious design flaws. Like they were saying that the fact that the lobby, to get to the casino from the lobby was like a huge escalator. It would just turn people off, apparently. Right. Yeah. It was. People just want to get in there and start gambling right away. You had to go up like three or four flights. The, uh, on the escalator 
It was the world's yeah, biggest crazy. escalator. That's crazy. Jeez. I don't know, man. I don't know. They got to do something with Atlantic City, I guess. Forget casinos. You want to gamble? You know where you go? DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com? Why? Do they plug us? I don't know. I'm going to sign up for an account, and maybe we'll send people there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get out of my parents' house, man. We got to People, go to Amazon.com, please. I'm not even... This isn't even fun anymore. I know. Trust me. I know, brother. (laughs) I've been here two days. I've been here two days. I gotta I've get been out. here almost two years. It's not even <laughs> <laughs> hanging out on my inflatable mattress, recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm like the ultimate loser. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the that's only race is that we don't have attics in New Orleans. <laughs> Wait a minute, what it's worth, my bedroom is the converted attic. Yeah, I was gonna say I've been to your house. It didn't we don't have basements? Oh, you don't have basements, right? No right. basements. No basements in New Orleans. Maybe I misspoke. But we definitely have attics. Okay, yeah, yeah, you, right. You said you had no attics, but what yeah. you don't have is basements. Yes, but I okay. am in, but my bedroom is the one I'm staying in right now. It is the converted attic, so. Wait, but you have an inflatable mattress? That's your mattress? Is an inflatable mattress? Yeah, because the, the beds that are in this room are the beds that we had as kids. They're built into the walls. <laughs> okay. You know, and they're like little, like, uh, you know, twin size. You yeah, know, little, yeah. Yeah, small mattresses like I'm six feet tall. You know, it's like I'm kicking the walls on this thing. Right, right. You so, know? did you build a platform or it stays on the ground? It's on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's it's fancier than like your 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 father's inflatable mattress. Right, it's probably an aero bed. It's it's actually an Intex, but yeah, it's all like uh, the self and inflating motor on it you know yeah and it's like it's not made to be on a uh to be on a frame it's it's like two levels you know so it's like it's probably like three feet off the ground oh you know it's 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 decent it's not like being on a mattress straight on the ground like back in the day when i'd be on an airbed it would be like you were like at friggin an ants level you know okay that is fancy it is fancy. Yeah. Well, I you got a good deal on it through Amazon. You at, go to Amazon.com? Yep. Click on our banner. Buy an Intex Queen 22-inch Durabeam High-Rise Air Mattress. The official bed of Two Sorry Excuses yeah. and Matt LeBecary. $200 air mattress. I got it on Amazon for like 70 bucks or something. All right. That's All a good, right. uh, that's a good deal. Purpose. I think everybody should go buy air mattresses. Yeah, I may be out of this house soon now. You're leading the revolution. Yeah, I might be out of here soon. Where Where are you going? Did you find a foreclosure? Uh, I put an offer on a place. Gone back and forth with the negotiations over the inspection and changes and stuff right now. Oh, sweet man. Yeah, so I was like, you know, a week and a half ago, put the offer on. I think maybe it was. I don't even know. Everything's moved so damn fast, you know. Well, that's sweet. Maybe uh, next week we'll have some uh, good news to report. Well, if we do the closing, the closing's not. I mean, if we get the closing, closing's not going to be till like the twenty fifth. Were well, you under contract right now? Yeah, I'm under contract. But ah. uh, like, I had the guy do the inspection last week. Then, you know, we had to send them stuff about what was in the inspection. You know, and 
what they agree to, what they're going to fix, what they'll give me credit for, blah, blah, blah. So I still need to hear what they say about my reaction to their reaction. You know, uh, Where is it? Magazine Street? No, no. It's on a street called Apple Street. The corner of... At, well, not the corner, but Apple Street between Dante and Cambrone. If you want to look at your handy-dandy map. In... Um... In Chippehoche Parish? No, no, no. It's in Orleans. Let's see. Apple Street between who? Dante and uh, Cambrone. C-A-M-B-R-O-N-N-E. It's kind of a rough and tumble neighborhood right now. Oh, I gotcha. But the hope is that I'm getting in on it at a good deal. The hope is the neighborhood's going to completely turn around. What yeah. um what ward is that? I don't know what ward they call that. Only the ninth ward people know about? As far as I know, it's basically the ninth ward and like the seventh ward and maybe the sixth ward people might have talked about. But as far as famous wards go, the ninth wards everybody knows the ninth ward. Alright, so let me see let me put this in a into my perspective here. So uh Okay, I know where Magazine Street is. We've had we've had uh, extensive conversations about Magazine Street. I'm also familiar with the Uptown Carrollton area. Uh, That's the, where I am in the Carrollton area. Um, yeah, okay, but closer to uh, closer to Route Ten, right? Uh, I mean, it's getting that way. It's two blocks off of Claiborne. Because I also know about the park. And about uh, Audubon Park. Yeah, yeah, I'm further away from that. All right, and then, um, so I and I know about the quarter. Yep. And I know there's one other thing I know. I guess that's it. I guess I know where the Archbishop lives, but he lives in Carrollton. I, I'm not that far away from the Archbishop's house. <laughs> is this the same house you were looking at for a while? Wait, what? Is this the same house you were looking at for a while? No, no, no. No, different one? I looked at one right there. I'm looking at the Google map right behind the Archbishop's house, but that was a, you know, it was a foreclosure, and it looked like a foreclosure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, people right. just destroyed everything, you know? Right, poured concrete down the toilets, that kind of thing. Yeah, like it looked like they just ripped all the fixtures out of the kitchen, you know. Took everything with them. So, what's the um, what's the street where we where you always run into um, alumni? That was magazine. That was magazine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Magazine's the real trendy. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a. Um, it's a very busy, A, it's a very long street. Runs through, you know, from downtown all the way uptown, you know? Right. All the way, you know, both ends of the river. But it, um, but it's also kind of like, uh, it's kind of she-she and stuff, you know? Like, it's a type of place, you know, it's got little boutiques and there's places to eat and all that stuff it's the type of place where you run into people that's why i've run into multiple people on there which is funny because it took me a second but uptown and downtown in new orleans run east west 
yeah. if you're looking at it purely geographically. Yeah, I mean, the way the four cardinal directions in New Orleans are uptown, downtown, lakeside, and riverside. Got it. You know, like you tell somebody, because, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, what side of the street are you on? Oh, it's the lakeside. All right, all right. That makes more sense, you know, like, because it's the way the city is shaped, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, so hopefully everything works out. And then we'll have a two nice little starter home, you know, two bedrooms, one bath. Uh, it's got a decent little yard for the dog. We'll have a two sorry excuses welcoming party. Yeah, and you'll have a place to stay when you when you bring your banjo down here. <laughs> well, two bedroom man. I'm not uh, just bringing my banjo. I'm bringing my um, waffle maker. I'm bringing my KitchenAid, and nice. I'm bringing my dog. So uh, I'll be down there. Let me know. Let me know when you close. Yeah, you'll have this inflatable bed to sleep on, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the worst thing. I have a, uh, I have one of those fancy uh, Tempur-Pedic memory foam mattresses. Yeah. Cost me three thousand bucks. It's sitting Damn. in storage. Damn, that's a kick in the balls. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, man, we've uh, we've yeah, killed we've an hour and a half and talked about absolute bullshit. Yep. I mean, how long did we go tonight? Uh, What's, what are a, we on? Hour and a half. 128.42 right now. Good times. Damn. Hopefully this will get the 500 downloads. I hope so. But uh, every Everyone we record, I think it, there's no chance it gets the 500 downloads, but the Two Sorry Excuses Army keeps coming through. Yeah, I do like that people are retweeting our stuff now. Yeah, that. so that's that's uh, we're, I think um, I think we're starting to catch um, some momentum in terms of of how people are listening to us. Stitcher, which most people who listen to podcasts or or when we promote the podcast, we say, "Hey, go to iTunes, download the podcast, leave us a review." That's really awesome. But if you're not an iTunes guy or an iTunes gal or you don't like Apple or you don't have an iPhone and iTunes isn't in your wheelhouse download the app Stitcher it's um it, it's it's basically an app that lets you download and play podcasts just like iTunes we are on Stitcher um okay that's what Stitcher is i didn't even know what Stitcher was yeah it's very similar to to the iTunes podcast app um so go there you don't like Steve Jobs screw Steve Jobs yeah Go to Stitcher. And the other big news is we're two, we're number two fifteen with a bullet, and the high school slash college sports podcast category. I mean, basically, basically they can't even contain us at two fifteen. We're, we're a spot ahead of the all around the SEC podcast. I do love that. That was pretty impressive. Let me um, by next week I'll check to see where we are. See if we made any. Uh, See if we made any movement. And also, we got to check back in with Lee Zurich. What's, what's up with Lee Zurich? You have to check back in with Lee Zurich. How many Twitter followes does he have? Who, what How many bur- careers what, has he ruined? What bridges has he burned? So yeah. we'll, we'll get back at it next week. Um, Whether he's gone into witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks for downloading. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, leave us some reviews. Yeah, please. We like to hear uh, how we're doing, um, as long as you say that we're doing really awesome. Because if you think we suck, don't don't say that. That's not nice. Yeah. You're- I mean, it, it can be tough out there getting subscribers, you know? I mean, 
Brian and Carla weren't subscribers until this past Friday. Come on. And those are I mean, two of our best friends. Consider us friends. But, I mean, come on. Oh, I folks. consider us friends. I mean, I consider them friends. I mean, we're two middle aged men living at home with our parents, guys. Come on. Just throw us a bone. Yeah, no kidding. Give us something. Live. We don't have that much gone for us right now. Live sleeps on an air mattress. Alone. Come on. Sanders sleeps on nothing right now because his beautiful <laughs> mattress is in storage. <laughs> uh, he sleeps he sleeps on a on a messy pile of sheets with his two dogs. <laughs> in his sister's old bedroom or something. Uh, or whoever's old bedroom it was. Uh, Josh and Jeremy's. Uh, okay, Josh and Jeremy's. All right. Well, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Good night, Fredo.